0: Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
1: Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts?
0: Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews.
1: Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world.
0: We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery.
1: Then we'll give our tasting notes. And while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings on in the world of pop culture. So check out Kraken when open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew
0: Tejada, codenamed Arate.
1: I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation.
0: And I'm a writer and Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things.
1: We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do.
0: Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation.
1: We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will
0: too. This season, we'll put a shock to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series, on... Yet another DC animated podcast.
1: Welcome to yet yeah, another episode of yet yeah, another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith,
0: codename Comic Shan. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arte. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Shaq started playing for the Lakers. Oh,
1: shit. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: I was really scared. I thought you were going to talk to me about.
1: That's the year that Shaq like premiered in the Steel movie. And I was just like, that's it. We're ending this podcast right now.
0: Yeah, I'm afraid I've blocked out the steel movie from my mind. So I wouldn't even know what that is. (laughs) No, fortunately, that is as when Shaq made history. That's going to come up later. It's not going to come up right away, but trust us, there's a reason why we bring this up.
1: Yes, because thankfully we're not talking about Steel, though I will say that it does pop up. It will pop up a couple times. But today we're talking about our next set of Static episodes in season two. We are talking about these three episodes, episode two, three, and four, named Power Play, Brother Sister Act, and Static Shack, respectively. So it's rounding up here. We got some big, big stuff happening this way, and mostly
0: just from the static stack episode. Yeah, we got some got some big stars, some lots of voices and a runaway truck somehow. Yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so speaking about the uh, big stars, we got our main cast of Static is back. And then we got some special guest stars here. A lot of these people are definitely like, you know, like actors that you saw pop up a lot in a lot of like 90s and 2000s black productions. We got Kenny Blank, who, you know, played the son on The Parenthood and then got like a really big break in Eddie Murphy movie Boomerang. Oh, Um, yeah, we got uh, Takia Crystal Kima, who... You might remember as the mom on That Soul Raven. We got Ricky Deshaun Collins. I love these names, though. It's just like, that's that's a football <laughs> player name. But he's here. And although he does play a character who doesn't look like a football player, to be honest. Yeah, it, it does fit very well. We got Dennis Haysburg is back with as Chief Bronsdale. Karen Parsons, a.k.a. Hillary Banks, a.k.a. one of my like childhood crushes, is actually here voicing Tracy Flackman in the Static Shaq episode. And finally, you know, we did shit on him for his betrayal of Steel, but we're going to see how Shaq the Diesel actually does in the DC animated universe as he plays himself.
0: Yes, the Annie Award winning performance you've been waiting for. Those are essentially the Oscars of... Animation world, so yeah. we'll we'll Shaq win an Annie to go next to his rings. I think you know the answer, but we'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. So first up,
1: our first episode is Power Play. This one is, you know, gotta say, rewatching it, I was not expecting the message that was being dropped in it, which we're going to talk about. You know, should probably pick up on as we talk about this. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> So we open up, we're at the gas station of Solitude with Richie, and he's there cosplaying as, who the fuck is this man?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, he's acting out a whole superhero scenario, and that prompts Static, who has been secretly watching, to pull out one of his own impressions and impersonate Green Lantern. Of course, we know it's an inside-of-the-house joke, because Phil Lamar can play anybody, including Green Lantern. (laughs) So he drops into the voice... Of Green Lantern, and it's it's very it's so cool uh, just to know Static knows Green Lantern, and also just to hear that voice coming out of his mouth.
1: Yeah, agreed. Unfortunately, though, even with all the joking that Static gives, Richie is quite upset about the fact that his friend caught him and basically his pants down. Though his pants weren't down, it probably was in the superhero terms. His pants, was, his underpants, were probably on the outside of his pants. Of course, of course. Or all right. So Richie is upset. He leaves. And as he's riding away on the scooter, the same scooter that I'm assuming was the one that jumped over the cop car some episodes ago, uh, he crashes into this older man who is like walking by with a cane. And as Richie goes to help him, there's this giant like electrostatic shock that starts emitting from the man that engulfs Richie. Yeah.
0: And we know on this show, if, if there's a shock and static isn't behind it, some... Some chaos is going down, or he, static is on the rampage again, destroying Dakota. But it bode it boded w- not well for Richie. But he walks away, meets up with Static. And again, Static, there's a Phil Lamar was having a little little too much fun in this episode because he pulls out a Jamaican accent out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yo, where how many voices
1: does Phil Lamar have? All of them.
0: He has all of them. Because <laughs> pulls out the Jamaican accent when he's going to get richie some additional things from the restaurant and all of a sudden there's just a runaway truck how does this happen how does your truck just run away (laughs) i i'm stuck on this but i have to get past because the runaway truck is about to hit the most adorable dog in animation history
1: yes like hands down that that dog was cute as fuck and richie fortunately sees this happening, so he does what anybody would do when they see a cute dog like this and runs out to save him. Unfortunately, Richie doesn't push the dog out the way as the two are now about to be run over by the truck. And this is when Richie exhibits his own superpowers here. He creates kind of like a force field that stops the truck dead in its tracks, almost pretty much lifts it up into the air. And Virgil comes out of the restaurant, sees all this happening, and somehow no one else sees that Richie was able to create this force field and stop this truck.
0: Yeah, it does. I did have questions about that. I'm going to assume that, and this is giving the show a lot of leeway, but I'm going to assume that Richie's powers are not visible to normal people. Mm. So people just assumed the, the truck stopped instantly, the runaway truck somehow. That's my best guess. But yeah, Uh, A lot of people should have seen this. (laughs) Yeah, like definitely.
1: (laughs) And um, so now Virgil grabs Richie as they head on back over to their abandoned junkyard uh, uh, HQ. As they're like basically now just testing out Richie's abilities. Richie shows off that he's like really good at using them. In fact, he's able to keep up with Static's Blast. And, you know, Static tires out before Richie's even able to, is even able to like let down the barrier. And the cool part about it too is that Richie, it's just like learning all about his powers at the same time, but showing how great he's at using them as he already teaches himself how to fly.
0: Yeah. And I do like this scene because they're in a the junkyard, thankfully, away from civilians. But
1: <laughs> they you can't uh, destroy
0: anything that's already meant to be destroyed. That's so we'll give stack that one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's helping out the local economy. But I like this scene because they're being so reckless with their powers. And of course, they're two teenage boys they would definitely go crazy with their powers and go over the top. It's completely believable. And Richie soon learns, though, that his powers are not limitless, because while he's flying, he starts losing it, and he starts falling down. And he realizes, because Richie is a pretty smart fellow, he realizes maybe this has something to do with the old man. So Richie, Stranger Danger, bro, (laughs) doesn't listen to Stranger Danger, and he goes back to meet the old man who we down earned is named ragtag just his name is ragtag
1: yeah we we need to workshop that name i mean because basically this dude is like he reminds me so much of um all for one from the my hero academia anime and i'm just like you went with ragtag
0: yeah and and for you guys who are not mha fans All for one, basically, he can give away powers to other Mm -hmm. people. So, And that's what Ragtag does. He gives away powers to Richie and his associates named Run and Jump. Great, great naming there, (laughs) y'all. Great naming. Clearly, this villain does not have a talent for naming names. He has powers, but... No naming powers at all.
1: Yeah, we need to hook him up with a a branding team or something. Some some PR company needs to talk to Ragtag here. And Richie, he's talking to Ragtag. Ragtag tells him about all of his abilities. And he tells him that, you know, I can give you powers again. And, you know, and Richie accepts it. He's just, the only stipulation is that he basically has to do whatever Ragtag says. So Richie now got his abilities back he we don't see him for a bit as we see that static is um you know he's out there also searching for Richie he gets he tries to call Richie's mom and Richie to, his mom tells him that you know he thought that he was meeting up with Virgil in a very cool scene I gotta add because we learn another super ability here Virgil has
0: long distance calling in some or international calling for free Yo, he's got that Tesla Airphone. Like I don't know what this thing is. He's able to use his powers to create a like a electric phone in the app. Yeah, atmosphere. it was like the keypad popped up, yeah. and he was able to just dial in. I was just like, Yo, let Elon but- Musk see this, please. Petition for Elon Musk to see this episode because if he sees this, we'll have these by next year. I guarantee. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Guarantee. Guarantee. But his call doesn't have time for his call because. <laughs> These union construction workers have overloaded their crane. bro. You you guys, why are you putting so many I-beams? They're putting like all these steel I-beams on this crane and they know it can't handle the weight. Like you guys are going to be there all week. Take your time. Jesus. (laughs) I didn't expect to talk so much about OSHA issues on the statics show, but (laughs) (laughs) this is where we find ourselves. And unfortunately, because of, their blatant disregard for the construction tools. I beams start falling everywhere. Grandma has to dodge. He's <laughs> still beams falling from the sky. And Static has to come in for the save, but he cannot do it alone.
1: Yes, because now we get introduced to our new hero in Dakota, Push richie is flown in he has no mask he's just wearing a like a noose like a new costume or like a jacket It's basically the same color scheme as his own but in the very style of the other two people he met and again want to stress that his
0: name was push and he says when push comes to shove oh god, oh, god. richie you had time to think about this, and yeah, you? <laughs> you had time to pick out an outfit. You had time to think through your catchphrases. Horrible, Richie. Go back. Uh, time mm-hmm. out, Richie. And pushes actually kind of effective. Are you? How would you? Would you say?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I if it wasn't for the fact that he failed in his just like his communication skills, he's probably on par with Green Lantern. He's able to create anything like he creates these two scoops in his hand that extend out that are able to catch people who are falling down he's flying out like everywhere at top speed and as he saves everybody everybody's loving it like he even tries to put to- some of the attention towards virgil's as static but nobody wants that because they just saw Static kind of fail trying to save everybody. And they're more impressed with him. And this leads to Static being a little tight over the fact that, one, Richie has powers. He just jumped in, never talked to talked to him about anything. So the two of them finally pull away and they go onto the top of a random building where they're talking it through and Virgil's deducing little by little that uh, Richie's getting his powers from this old guy but Richie's kind of telling him that he needs to back off because of course one of the other stipulations that Ragtag had was that he had to keep everything a secret
0: yeah uh, this is a real stranger danger episode because if you go into some (laughs) abandoned part of time and town an old man tells you to keep your meetings a secret while he touches you
1: Mm -mm. (laughs) okay Mm -mm. damn yeah well you put it like that
0: This is a good it's a good uh, extra moral here. But after Richie latches out of static and you know they're they're kind of separated from it, Richie goes back and learns, yeah, his powers come with the price. They ain't free. Mm-hmm. And Ragtag does want him to commit a crime. So at this point too, there's of course the stranger danger moral is being pushed real hard, but there's also this element of addiction underneath mm-hmm. it. And, you know, more closely to not directly a drug, more like a steroid kind of thing where Richie just wants to catch up to static. He just wants to to be as powerful and strong as static and is just going about it in an incredibly unsafe way. And now because he's so deep in it, he has he's been he's forced to go on a robbery with run and jump, push, run and jump the most dangerous Dakota team yet. Uh, are gonna go robby what were they robbing i don't even they understand were. what they were robbing <laughs> yeah i think they were robbing a museum
1: it did get a little complicated kind of just like the setup of it because it didn't really look like a museum but it had all the cells for museum security like there was the security guard every nothing was in any glass casing so that's the part that was a little confusing for me but as they're like talking through the plan jump and run are just like you know they're they're fantasizing about like we even get a chance to see like evil richie as he's they're thinking about how well this plan is going to go but richie's like nah i don't want to do this and you know he just wants to be a superhero he didn't want it to be anything like this so he decides to set off the alarm as jump goes into the museum and run now just starts attacking richie leading to a full confrontation outside richie's starting to create like a force field bubble around him, but run basically who's out here like, like with like a, like one, one thousandth of the speed of the flash is just like punching on Richie. And this leads to Richie's powers being like, just going away. And right before the final punch, we get the ultimate team up with static coming into the scene.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a great, great save from static. Last moment. He he's now doing these last minute saves because After Batman, he's like, oh, that was so cool. I'm going to always come in at the last minute forever. (laughs) And he just walks right over these two. He proves that jump. Run is not anywhere close to the Flash because Static immediately stops him from running permanently. No, just kidding. He just uh, knocks him (laughs) out. And jump easy. Easy, even though he can teleport, Static walks over these two. They have nothing on him. And Static is like, I'm not done with you. I didn't hear no bell. I'm going to go beat up your boss. So he goes to the stranger danger ragtag and ragtag immediately fakes an injury like he's a soccer player and says, you know, (laughs) help me static. And it's revealed that he can drain static. And I thought, he was restraining him with powers, but no, he was about to merc static right on the spot. Yo, like for real, because he was the fact that he could drain life force. I'm
1: still mad they went with the name Ragtag. There are several other good names out there.
0: Draino, for example. Draino.
1: <laughs> Anything will work. The Now I was going to say the mighty scrub, but that, that <laughs> actually might not. <laughs> And unfortunately, Static is taken down for the count. Richie now has to resort to just his wits and his own like things that he's been practicing in the early part of the episode. So this leads into the two of them fighting. Richie's able to, first off, beat Ragtag by swinging a lawn chair at him. I want to just say that again. He picked up a lawn chair and swung it at Ragtag. Because he still
0: lifts. Richie still lifts.
1: Exactly. And this fight fortunately for Richie does go in his favor as a well-timed jump leads to Ragtag falling over the side of a building as Ragtag is calling for help Richie reaches out and that's when he sees that Ragtag isn't really there to isn't doesn't really care anymore so he pulls his hand back and that's when Ragtag finally falls just pretty much executing the um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie shredder special that falls into his apparent doom into like a trash can And that's it. We jump to our next scene. We're at the gas station of solitude again. Virgil and Richie are changing. Richie's retiring his outfit as push. As the two of them once again get into one final debate about who was stronger.
0: And like any good friendship, it can only be settled with video games. Sadly, I don't think this universe had Super Smash yet because you know you pick your mains and just and just you know get that work. But unfortunately. This time around, they just had to settle for it. I think it was like a F Zero meets Mario Kart. <laughs> it, it was yeah. like F
1: Zero meets Mario Kart with like all the the design of Star Wars. It reminded me a lot of that tunnel that Luke had to go down oh. in episode four. Yeah. Um, shout yeah. out to yeah, another Star Wars podcast for providing me with that knowledge today.
0: <laughs> hey, the bridge between the bridge between. And yeah, that's that's the cap you know on on this stranger danger episode so now moving on to brother sister act
1: yes now it is time for dinner at the hawkins household but virgil is out here singing somebody come get her because she's fucking up my dinner (laughs) as sharon is cooking the worst version of meatloaf that has ever been described to us this thing is apparently still pink and cold which to me means that like did you add any flame to it? Nope. That's straight salmonella. So, as the two of them are fighting, it seems that um, Robert Hawkins is out of the episode because he is at a conference of some sort. Sharon's saying that she's, you know, taking up the duties of basically cooking for the household, which to be honest, I feel like she does all the time. So, I don't know why she kind of had to make it a big deal this time around. But as Virgil's asking her for some ketchup, she goes over to the fridge to get it, as she's still. Just basically shitting on him. And at this point, we see that Virgil has started to electrocute his plate to warm it up, warm up the meatloaf. And as she turns back around, that's when she sees that he's completely finished everything on his plate.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm guessing what happened here with Sharon is that she made the classic mistake we as kids have always made. And that's frightened us to this day the thought where she's got to take out the meat oh, in the morning ridiculous. when your mom mm-hmm. told you to. And then you come back home, the meat's. Frozen, you trying to wash it off with some hot water, <laughs> real quick. You know that's not gonna work. It's still frozen all in the inside because you messed up. And I think that's what happened with Sharon. Yeah,
1: that's a this is a lesson for y'all. Just take the L. I tried even the microwave
0: trick; it don't work. You don't want you don't want to eat that meat. Yeah, you no, got, you gotta leave it out. You gotta leave it <laughs> out. But. This in any case this incident makes Sharon kind of suspicious that something might be going on with Virgil. Meanwhile, across town at the new hottest club in Dakota, we see we meet Boom and Mirage who are brothers a brother and sister team who seem like that Mirage is unsure about what they're about to do, but Boom is like you got to trust me, we got we got to do this. And they go up to a bouncer <laughs> who says if you're not 21, you can't join the fun. Just the voice, too. <laughs> it's, that, it's that voice that kills me. And they're like, and Boom's like, nah, I'm good. Uh, uh, I, you can't. He makes some hearing pun. I think something like, can you hear me now? Or, yeah. But in any case, he knocks over the, the bouncer with his sonic powers, and his sister Mirage makes a tiger that start scaring everybody in the club and honestly i don't know i i I would be more scared of the speaker guy than the tiger but that's just me personally
1: oh yeah no i totally agree with you the man had a speaker in his chest that's (laughs) not natural in any way shape or form so also because it was just like i don't know if he could adjust the levels of it but at some point it was like creating concussive blasts like things were falling from the sky ears were being Pierce, like it was a lot. So you know, I, I think Boom or Byron. I'm trying not to make another TikTok <laughs> joke here. Uh, <laughs> I th- he's he's kind of a, a menace society right now. So times past, Stack has gone on patrol, and he catches up to see everything that's happening. Chief Bronzdale is out there, and the two of them talk about like you know what's going on. And this is when we find out about Boom and Mirage, their abilities. And as they're trying to have this conversation, a bunch of news reporters start swarming static. So they start asking him questions like, you know, who do they think it is? Is it slipstream? Is it replay again? So kind of like going back to our season one villains here. And as this is going down, Sharon is out with her friends at a diner and she's complaining about Virgil again. And as static pops up on the TV, she's like listening to the report. And static says this phrase that slipstream and replay are so Y2K.
0: Oh sorry, that just threw me back and made me realize how old I am. As soon as I heard <laughs> Y2K, I was like, huh, I haven't heard that phrase in <laughs> decade. Oh, decades, oh God.
1: It hurts. Oh man, those times we were so afraid of computers, like we couldn't even turn them on unless they might get into like Skynet or something like that. That was a bad time, y'all.
0: Yeah, we really thought all computers in the world were going to shut down in 2000 and and kill us somehow. And yeah. then we still thought in 2012 the Mayans were going to kill us. But you know, <laughs> that would have been a mercy. still here. <laughs> <laughs> we took very different <laughs> routes on that one. Anyway. <laughs> In any case, the Y2K phrase alerts Sharon that something might be going on with her brother. She starts making the connection that maybe they're one of the same. And she's out in a car, follow static, and static is even going on the same route as her brother would to get home. So now she is absolutely she is almost a hundred percent convinced. She just needs that last bit of information. And while this brother and sister are trying to work out their issue. Boom and Mirage, we get to learn a little bit more about their backstory, specifically that they live at their grandmother's house in a tough situation and that both their parents are gone. Yeah.
1: And it's kind of good to see this dynamic that the two of them have because Boom is clearly that like older brother that just, you know, he's putting up a front that like he's trying to do good by stealing for the sake of like taking care of the family. But Mirage being the younger kid, it's just echoing that, like, that young innocence of no one having that strong moral compass. Honestly, it just even just with Mirage, it just reminded me of the power set from of um, the kid from Child's Play in the season one episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the dynamic is the same. The... Power set here is the same like it's it's kind of cool just to see this happening again with a more senior static because it does open up the door to like how he's gonna address it in the future and as their boom and Mirage are just talking about everything that's gone that went down at the club, boom insists that you know this is it like they're gonna stop he just needs to do one last job and then they'll be able to take care of you know just their grandma and move her out to someplace nice but you know, there's some civility here happening as in between Boom and Mirage as we hop back over to the Hawkins home as Virgil and Sharon. Well, this, let's just say that Sharon's acting way too nice, like it's it's making Virgil uncomfortable as to how nice Sharon is being to him.
0: Yeah, anybody with siblings, you know this. When your your sibling acts too nice, they're too sweet to you, or maybe even a cousin too. You're immediately like, "What what you want, man?" <laughs> what you want? What, do you, what do you need from me right now? Because you're about to ask me something that I don't want to do, some money, something. And, you know, Sharon is still trying to get him to give up the goods, but he will not reveal that he is static. And what really shakes up the dynamic is a radio DJ announces that there's $102,000 at the radio station right now. If you call in, you can get it. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest with you right here. When Boomer Mirage hear about this and they break in, I don't blame them. I, I do not. The radio station told them where, to, where I told everybody where you can find a free $300,000 in Dakota. You live in Dakota. You cannot do this. Put that on a check. What is wrong with you people? Word. He had it in bills and they showed us the stacks. What are you doing? <laughs> this is Dakota. Th- now, this is where the robbers in Gotham. <gasps> They <laughs> tried to steal $200. This is where they should have been today. And they would have gotten away with it. But Static can't let them get away with it so easy. So as soon as he hears that the the, the stacks at the radio station are in trouble, he flies out of his room, but leaves behind a shock box. And over on the shock box, Sharon hears richie calling virgil static and though richie tries to play it off in one of his funniest deflections where he pretends to be an operating machine sharon is like this is it this is the evidence i needed now i know for certain that this my brother is static
1: yep and as static heads on over to the radio station he sees the confrontation between the cops boom and mirage who's out in the distance. So when Static first enters, Boom calls out to Mirage to tell her to create something to distract the cops, which she does by creating like a, a swarm of elephants. I don't know what you call a group of elephants. I know there's probably like a technical term out there. But... Uh,
0: you run. That's, oh, that's you... <laughs> what you call it. You
1: run. So the, <laughs> these elephants are now just storming the cops. Static is trying to shoot some electricity over at them, but he's realizing that, again, these are fake because all of his blasts are going right through the elephants. So as Static is seen by Boom, Boom tries to once again take out Static, but there's a bomb that goes off, I think either from the cop side or from Boom side, that starts sending like debris everywhere, one of which was this giant-ass one from um, a building that's right above where Mirage is at. But luckily, Static is able to swoop in and grab Mirage But this means now that Boom has escaped and Mirage is taken to the hospital because they just want to check out and make sure that she's okay.
0: Yeah, I do love real quick. I love to say that the the way they animate Mirage's powers when like her using her powers is really cool Mm -hmm. and definitely props to the animators for making something so unique. And this leads into the hospital scene where Static is talking with Mirage about her brother. And she says, you know, he wasn't like this. And then he got the powers. And I really like this scene because it touches on the facts that the Bang Babies may have mental illness as a side effect of these powers. And it's very it's very Batman. It's very Batman how every, almost every Batman rogue has some kind of obsessive compulsive disorder, schizophrenia. Something is wrong with them. Something has gone wrong. Wrong, and they can be rehabilitated. Same here. It's like a bunch of young kids got powers, and whether having the powers mess with their heads or there was some kind of side effect, this is a moment that says these people need rehabilitation more than they need to be violent, jailed, or or like violently attacked. So I I really like this little moment that they threw in there. Very again, Static is so good at throwing in these subtle moments, and yeah, this is a great example.
1: Yeah, I agree. I didn't even really pick up on that and you're right like there's always been a case and which I this is one of the things I love about watching the static series is that like there's a lot of times he's just talking through things with people and some people are definitely just like down on their luck but they're very big proponents in the show just like when someone needs help whether it be just somebody to counsel them somebody to take them out of wherever situation they're in they're very big on like showing the resources that might be available. We don't really get a chance to see it here cuz you know again like they, like there's just a lot of speculation on in terms of just like why Byron has, his his ship mind has shifted. But you know I would I wouldn't be surprised if like by the end of it they discovered something they would be like, "All right, let's hook you up with somebody to talk to." Yeah, it's
0: it's really uh, you know, I have it on my mind cuz a recent superhero thing I saw talked about rehabilitation Mm -hmm. maybe something in december i won't get too specific we're out of spoiler territory but i'm just gonna be safe Mm -hmm. certain something in december was all about rehabilitation so i think that's that's kind of what sparked it so static really wants to not just defeat boom he really does want to help mirage and he he says that much to the officers he's like i i want to help these people like there's something wrong. And it's nice to have see them having that conversation and being open to it. But unfortunately, things go a little south. When after Virgil and Sharon decide to go to a basketball game, I, I'm gonna assume it was a Nets game because <laughs> they were able to get tickets the same day. <laughs>
1: Damn, all right. Just go after a whole team.
0: <laughs> uh we are not sponsored by the Nets. Uh, <laughs> and boom shows up because. Hey, you know what? Again, Boom is pretty smart. There's a lot of money at a basketball game. Concessions, yeah, that's true. Yeah. wallets. The players might have some stuff in the locker room. Me personally, the if I was- box office a, alone? The box office. Like me personally, if I was at a basketball, if I had metahuman powers and needed to steal things, I would start in the locker rooms very subtle and then move my way to the box office, see what I can get away with. I would probably stay away from the crowd. This is not, hashtag not legal or thief advice. <laughs>
1: So as we now learn that, like, you know, Boom is smarter than the average criminal, Sharon and Virgil are talking. This is where Sharon basically confronts Virgil about the fact that, like, she knows he's static. And, you know, she does she does do a good job at times of, like, keeping her voice down so that, you know, just to protect her brother. But she's like but she's really pressing him. She's like, here's all the evidence I have that connects you to. And I got to say, Sharon's detective skills are kind of like, you know, Barbie might impress Batman. so. As stag is trying to deflect out everything here, fortunately for him, Richie happens to come on by. He's also attending the game, and which does question who is he at the game with? Like, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Like who knows? So as Richie bumps into them, Virgil looks around and he happens to see both Mirage and Boom walking around. So He grabs Richie to head on over to the bathroom, giving him some time to separate himself from Sharon so that he can at least suit up, which he does by being able to shoot a lightning bolt over at the sprinkler system to get everyone out the building. And this is when we see now that Boom is attacking the the area of the the arena manager or something.
0: Yeah. And I do want to point out before we uh, get too far from it, this is the shocking scene of destruction I've been waiting for. Static. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's been pretty responsible, but setting off the fire alarms, water can cause a lot of damage when, especially that <laughs> volume of water. And, sure. you know, the arena seats he tears up later easily replaced. But the water damage to that arena, the Nets are not going to be playing for a while there. So, you know. Just think about that the next time you set off your, your sprinklers, guys. But the bigger concern is Boom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at some point, we should calculate how much of this damage is totaling up to. We got oh. we got
0: a season's worth of it so far. Got this, this rebuilding the stadium and the gym alone is going to cost so much money. Those bleachers? <laughs> oh, man. Come on, Static. Get it together.
1: So as now Boom is just basically taking all the money He's putting it into the bag. And this is when Mirage kind of confronts him again. You know, and earlier in the episode, she does kind of like check him about the fact that like, you know, you're really acting differently. Do you have a mindset of someone that, you know, from our neighborhood, we were doing pretty well. So I don't understand why you're doing all this now. And now she's just like, we need to stop this. People are getting hurt. And you promised me that people weren't going to be hurt, but it's clear that you need to stop everything that you're doing here. And Boom is just like basically pushing his sister away. Fortunately, though, before anything does happen, Static does jump in. He's able to distract Boom long enough. They take their fight over to the court of the the court, the basketball court as everyone's trying to escape. Sharon is drying off in the bathroom using one of the the air dryers in there. And this is when she goes over to the basketball court as well. Richie's trying to tell her, like, come on out. We need you to evacuate the building. But she's like, I'm basically not going to be leaving my brother in here. I need to confirm if it's him. And if it is, then I got to be here for him. She doesn't really say it like that. But, you know, I'm assuming that she has that kind of mindset about why she she doesn't want to leave.
0: Yeah. I love when Richie says it's dangerous and she says, touch me again. I'll show you dangerous. Oh yeah. With life. that waving fist too. This is where <laughs> those hands were ready. <laughs> Not ready for it. And this is a great fight on the basketball court. It's well animated. It, it, it's exciting. It's a, a nice clash of powers and static really is at a disadvantage here. And Mirage ends up helping it. Mirage recognizes that her brother is fully out of control and really needs to go down in this moment, regardless of how she feels about him. And her help gives Static enough time to create a giant hamster ball, essentially, to trap Bloomin' that is also soundproof and prevents him from lashing out anymore. How they get him out of that ball, your guess is as good as mine. So now
1: everyone's outside the stadium. Sharon and Richie are waiting, and this is when Sharon kind of, like, basically confirms now that she she knows what she believes is to be true as Virgil's the last person to exit and she's asking him like where were you all this time you know he's given an excuse of like why he's basically kind of like deflecting saying that you know the sprinklers I can see why you ran out before I did and as she's like I know you're static I know it's you this is when we see that there's another static flying by he's flying with um mirage who is in the cop car for like child protective services and they're taking both mirage and boom away and this leads to kind of like sharon now just basically questioning everything that she just saw
0: yeah and luckily this is not replay mirage (laughs) was just throwing a mirage up that uh, distracted her enough and now she's completely off the scent and the final image really Really sad image, honestly, where you see Mirage smiling as she's being taken away from Child Services, mm. you know, and yeah, it, it's a really it's a really strong punch to the episode because she is happy that she helped, but the road in front of her is going to be tough, you know, and yeah. the show just doesn't shy away from it, and I, I do applaud again. It, this is twenty minutes; they <laughs> have twenty minutes to tell this story. They do not have to do this, but they did and we definitely appreciate that uh that hard hit right at the end
1: yeah and now we're going to go into our last episode which had plenty of hard hits not like the one unfortunately we just saw previously as we have static shack this is this is it y'all the moment you've been waiting for (laughs) yeah the return of ferret Yes. Yo, Ferret is back. And not only Ferret, we got Biggerfoot is back with the theme <laughs> song in tow. Ding, ding, ding. ding. Yo. Yes. Well,
0: I don't know why they kept playing it. This this song, this theme song goes way too hard. It goes it way too hard. <laughs> Biggerfoot got, got my man, Rubber Band Man, to DJ, <laughs> get him a top track ding ding every time i'm like yo you guys didn't have to do this but you did and i love it I love somebody it. out there make this my phone ringtone i would i would appreciate
1: that so much <laughs> oh man so ferret and you know we call him bigger but his real name is kangor but we will call him by the name he gets on this podcast they apparently have created this new team And they got along with them this new bang baby who was acting as leader. His name is Hyde, the man who is gigantic and basically like a version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here. They're in a random recording studio trying to steal the guitars right out of the musician's hand, which makes you wonder, how did they know to even go there? And then the second question is, Static happened to be watching all of this going down with no... You know, no alert as to, you know, they're there trying to steal things. And he easily traps them in a recording booth. So it's just like, this was a random fight that like ended pretty much as soon as it started.
0: My suspicion is he was flying over Dakota. He heard Bigfoot's Foot's theme song. He said, <laughs> I got to get me a hot track like that. So he followed them to the recording studio. And then he just stumbled upon them committing a crime. I, I, I really, uh, I don't, I don't think it could have happened any other way. I just, I'm going to blame the theme that, song.
1: That, that's, that's
0: plausible. I actually, I, yep, yep. That makes sense. <laughs> but Static is called away across town, away from the guitars and musicians, because his dad needs him at the community center. And again, Robert Hawkins proves he is the greatest animated black dad of all time because he knows Shaq. And he, he has Shaq just show up here at the community center to play a charity game and is also willing to play a game of horse with his son which is kind of mean but also (laughs) virgil's very excited about it yeah
1: don't worry though this was after he um made the second worst dc film of all time so i think this knocked him down the peg this is so i think this probably will put some something in favor of, of virgil here at
0: least yeah. And let's get this out of the way. Shaq can say his lines. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's uh yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> he can say his lines in sequence and they're audible. That's uh yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh you know, if I had to compare him to Mark Hamill, I would wonder if I had a concussion because why would I ever do that? <laughs> 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 he's, he's but just... for
1: real though, we got we got love for the big man. But again, like
0: y- you don't need to complete every side mission in the game. now nah, you could have left wayside Jackson alone here, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, stick to Shaq food. But oh dear God, no! <laughs> <laughs> the main problem that Shaq is dealing with in this episode is his schedule is too packed because he's too famous and mm-hmm. he's too busy to have fun. But since he can't play basketball with Virgil, he invites Virgil and his friends to come to a quiet dinner that features approximately a thousand people at a hotel later and at this quiet dinner who should show up but our favorite villain your favorite villain ferret of the rough pack
1: yes so the rough pack apparently at some point during the fight were able to grab a piece of static's jacket they were able to rip it off of him so now they're using ferret's nose to try and track down static which they do successfully like they enter the hotel and this caused a giant like panic as ferret walks up to virgil and doesn't deduce that the two are one in the same like he doesn't really get a chance to see virgil's face but he does pick up on the fact that virgil smells a lot like static so This leads into Virgil trying to cause a distraction. Richie is helping him out with it as now everybody's swarming. And this leads to them trying to run out with fortunately Robert and Sharon were able to grab an elevator. And as Virgil and Richie are trying to run towards the elevator, Shaq comes through all seven foot one speed. And I have so many stats about Shaq right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shaq stats.
1: (laughs) Yo, (laughs) So he's able to grab Virgil and Richie and take him over to the elevator as they escape in time. But there's that one point in which the rough pack are trying to grab for the elevator and they almost successfully do so. But Virgil secretly starts shocking the elevator, causing Hyde to let go of it. And they finally escape in the, in like the underground basement parking lot, thanks to one of Shaq's drivers.
0: Yeah, they're, they're like, welcome to Dakota. Like this, this happens every <laughs> day. And Shaq decides instead of going to where he, you know, anywhere else, why not go to Virgil's house for the night? Yeah. And we find out quickly that Ferret and <laughs> Ferret went down for the whole crew. They said let him go to jail. And Shaq is taking up the whole couch watching this news report. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we have this ongoing dynamic of Shaq really wants to unwind play basketball but Robert Hawkins he's like I don't care what celebrities in my house it's time for bed for the young ones so they have to postpone until tomorrow morning to, to for the, the the one-on-one we've been waiting for and in a surprising show of loyalty Bigfoot plays his theme song on the uh, Police car radio and it's so good they just pull over and they say here's Ferret. No, but he just goes in Bigfoot does break Ferret out Uh, (laughs) of police custody (laughs) because he needs to get static. Yeah, and now
1: that the rough pack is free to do what they want, it's the next day Static wakes up, he's scared now because he's not able to find Shaq and he's just like, I really want to just play this random game of horse against you know the big man. So Static heads down, he fortunately does see Shaq eating at the table. He's eating some pancakes, like the largest stack of animated pancakes that we've seen in the DC Universe so far. And as Shaq is, you know, saying that, like, yo, let's go. I'm ready to play ball. You know, i got an hour before I have to head on over to the community center. They're getting ready to leave. But unfortunately, the doorbell rings. And Tracy Flackman, who is the East Coast public liaison, this was just, like, so specific. That It was just like, she's here because she's come to pick up Shaq because she he has been avoiding her all night after they made their escape. So now Shaq and Static are running out the back door to try to see if they can finally get some time to play this game of one-on-one against each other.
0: And fortunately, they find a basketball court that is to the side, out of the way, a woman mm-hmm. out of the window. Again, I love these spectator lines. I'll say it every every episode, <laughs> which is just like, "Boy, you drinking your milk?" And, it's, and it's Shaq. <laughs> he's like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah." And Shaq, proving he is a ruthless man, immediately dunks on on Virgil because he just mm-hmm. wants. He's like, "I'm a charity. I I give to charity, but I don't do any charity on the court." So he uh <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he dunks, prompting. Virgil will also cheat at basketball by using a spark of electricity when the ball is not going in.
1: And during and that's this, what happens when you shoot from well beyond half
0: court? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you handicapping yourself? It's Shaq the right. handicap. <laughs> and at this point, we see them have a conversation about splitting lives. You know, it's like Shaq says, you know, he lives a double life as a celebrity and a human. Like, no, you. Like check I don't it's not it it wasn't a really good analogy, but he makes a point of saying that you got to have time for fun in your schedule and activities, like dunking on kids that are much shorter than me, and this is where it's a it's a nice moment between them that is unfortunately interrupted once again by our our favorite your favorite ferret,
1: yeah, uh ferret and the rest of the rough pack they're coming through and. Luckily for them, Virgil's able to peek this before anything really goes down. So they head on over to a building where they apparently have been using using it as storage. But honestly, this thing is packed enough to do create its own gym. And as they're locking things up, this is when Hyde, Ferret, and Kangor are just like like moving around the building, yelling out, like, we know that you're in there, static. We know. And Shaq turns around and looks at Virgil, it's just like. Yo, they were chasing after you this entire time, because every single time I've seen them, it's been with you. Also, the fact that they're calling out for static, this is what prompts Virgil to be like, yeah, kind of know a little thing about leading the double life. And as a real homie, Shaq says, don't worry, I got you. I won't say anything. But you also got to save my life right now, man, because like I need you to go somewhere, suit up, do a little Super Saiyan power up, whatever you do to get to work. So this leads into now, I think my favorite moment of this episode of Shaq whooping the rough pack's ass as just Shaq
0: with a basketball. I I do love like the fight starts with Ferret. Like rough packs, like Ferret, get him. And he's like, but that's Shaq. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> understandably so. Like you only want to mess with someone that big.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. The respect. I love it. But they they do they have this crazy all-out brawl. And after Shaq takes a direct hit from Hyde, Static joins the fray. Now there are many highlights to this fight, but he- here's the thing that stands out to me. At one point, Shaq jumps on a trampoline <laughs> that launches him. <laughs> approximately one million feet in the air. And he hangs onto a pipe and it it avoids the villain. But here's the thing. I can accept the trampoline. I can accept the villain missing him. That pipe is not going to hold his weight. I'm Thank you. That pipe, there's no way all seven feet of him are going to hang on that pipe for more than two seconds before that thing crumbles to the ground.
1: Especially because that building was abandoned. Therefore, there was no maintenance on that pipe. So no. there could have been cracks, just anything. I know these are cartoons, but make it believable, y'all. Come on, come on, guys.
0: Because at least they don't let Shaq do a free throw, because that would break the reality itself. Instead, Virgil does it, and he uh, he ends up throwing a big, big metal construction. I would say this was a shocking scene of destruction, but honestly, this gym was probably storage facility was probably a front for some crime organization anyway. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a pass this time, but together between basketball and metahuman powers they are able to defeat the rough pack the most dangerous group of villains ever assembled since everybody who wrote 2016 suicide squad
1: (laughs) (laughs) so we're now back at the you know the main community center where robert hawkins is working and shaq it does get back in time he holds his mini basketball camp and he's outside with some i guess it's like some some more reporters or at least just like some of the fans that have come out and he's just sharing how much fun he's had in dakota these past um just like these past couple of days how much fun he's had with the hawkins family how much fun he's had with you know doing this whole mini basketball camp how much fun he's had listening to biggerfoot's theme song and especially also how much fun he's had hanging out with static, but the most important thing he says is that like he got a chance to really kick back and relax and play some ball against a man named Mr. Spin. Virgil calls himself at some point during the episode, so this prompts Shaq to throw the game ball over at Virgil and he leaves there um This is just like how our episode ends. It's such a kinda like a nice note to a celebrity guest star appearance. As now we have completed the three episodes here that make up the beginning parts of the Static Shock season two series.
0: Yeah, this is the uh power siblings shack pack. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm I'm almost as bad at naming it as ragtag. I know your number one is probably Static Shack here, but I do have to ask, rating these episodes against each other, how would you say three? Three being the worst, one being the best. Out of this, out of this group, why is Static Shack number one? Take as much time as you need.
1: <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be tough. So let's see. Now that we know exactly that, yeah, where Static Shack is ranked, and that being actually really number three. <laughs> 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 let's be honest with ourselves. Only because it's just like compared to the other episodes, the biggest conflict was that they wanted to play basketball against each other. And I don't believe that Shaq has this much time to be like, "Yo, I got a video game upstairs in my room that we can play, or let's let's head on over to the park and shoot some sh- shoot some ball." Like, so and I think even the villains were just like kind of random for Stack to reveal his identity to Shaquille O'Neal of before all people. Before, for, his before his dad. Before he's dead. Before You don't know Shaq. Like, you can't just be trusting Shaq. I'm pretty sure Shaq's a very nice guy, but I'm pretty... I don't know how good he is at keeping a secret. Exactly. So, yeah, to me, that one was the worst episode just because it was cheesy. It's definitely one of those, like, celebrity guest star focus episodes that, like, you're not expecting it to add too much to the story. So, in terms of best episode now, though, this one, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little tough trying to figure it out. On one side, you have an episode that did a actually surprisingly good job in addressing addiction without actually showing drug usage. And then another episode that kind of, even though the, the fact that Sharon trying to find out who Static is isn't really that big of a deal because it was completely solved by the end of the episode, there was a really good B-plot with the villain. So I think I probably would actually end up giving it to brother-sister-act. Mm -hmm. I think they did a really great job here with you know it's a story that we already saw a little bit in the Static Shock series but just the the way that Static was handling a lot of these scenarios and the conversations that he had with Mirage and how Mirage was even speaking to her brother kind of put it a little over the top for me versus power play just because power play again great episode great way to show you know signs of addiction but this was definitely that after school special and then adding on the fact that like Virgil and Richie are fighting once again which we've seen kind of like countless times actually throughout the series
0: yeah yeah no that's that's a that's a fair assessment and you know I look at when I look at these three it's pretty pretty much the same lines a static Shack, celebrity cameo aside Shaq's voice acting aside <laughs> the principal thing that this episode stumbles, it tries to pitch that Shaq is torn between these two worlds of fun and <laughs> not fun, I guess. And that Static is too, but they don't ever show Static really struggling to do to live between both worlds in this particular episode. They have in other episodes done it really well, but here they mm-hmm. don't do it at all. Yeah, so the whole message of living du- du- dual lives, it's very general. It's very easy for a superhero show to do, and they don't really justify it here. So that's what kind of took it down for me in terms of why power play is number two for me. I, I think it's a great, it's a great metaphor. There's a great, you know, it's a great thing about diction and stranger danger and a rivalry between Richie and static. Cause some, they, they do have friction all the time, but this was one of their better arguments of, of what, what they want to be. It. And I think, the show, it, this episode attempted to do maybe a little bit too much. And I think had it focused either more on the dynamic between Virgil and Richie or Richie's addictive behaviors in yeah. themselves, I think this would be one for the the books. It would be a best of series. But because it divides its attention between those two things, we kind of lose the real punch of either storyline. So I think if it had picked, it would definitely be the contender for number one. Brother-Sister Act. What this one does so well and is it not, it firstly it takes a story we already saw with the, the brothers where the brother was making the mirages and the other brother didn't have powers, but was being coerced by to do something bad. It takes the story and adds a whole new layer to it. There's a throwaway line at the beginning where Boone mentions they used to live in the suburbs before they lived in Dakota and that losing their parents meant losing their economic status, losing their home their sense of safety and then on top of that they get superpowers at a very young and confusing age so all of that coming in and driving someone to desperation robbie you understand what boom is doing this entire time and it, it really and to have mirage turn on him and at, and make sure that he Gets the help he needs is really strong. It's a really strong choice. And it's a great parallel to see two brother sister relationships, of course, with Mirage and Boom, but you also have Virgil and Sharon, who Virgil chooses not to tell his sister about the powers because things can get complicated. He may end up in a situation like Boom and Mirage, where his sister's like, why don't you use your powers to do this or that? So, yeah, I think Brother Sister Act nailed what it was going for. And it did it in a really fun way. Um, it didn't have the Tesla airphone, but <laughs> nobody's perfect.
1: <laughs> also, one last thing I just wanted to put forward about um power play, like again, it was a strong episode, and even just like the subtle things that they did, like um she his name being pushed um kind of pushing them to that idea of just like you know, kind of like a drug pusher. Mm-hmm. And you know, like that's that connection with addiction there. So I just wanted to, you know, point that out. Like there's a lot of subtle undertones to indicate to the watcher that like, yes, this is going to be an episode about addiction. But, you know, like you were saying, which I think would be a great way to show it is to show that addictive behavior that Richie was exhibiting. Because if you wanted to put that as the focus of the episode, it'd be great to show signs of that. I felt like we didn't really see that with Richie. Like he immediately you know, swung back to the to the forces of good. He never really saw him really get into a fight, really, except for that argument on top of the tower. But, yeah, Brother Sister Act definitely just knocked it out the park with the story of just, like, again, showing how Static isn't just, like, a punch him up superhero, but also somebody that could talk things through.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. And, again, sorry, Shaq, but when... <laughs> When I'm more, when I'm more excited about seeing Ferret than I am about seeing a international sports star, I I think you know where it would happen here. Yeah,
1: though I will give it to the the Shack. Now this is a better performance than Steel.
0: It is. It is definitely I, a better whatever Steel is. I think yes. <laughs> I, I probably. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so those are our episodes. Um, So we don't have a comic book section for this because, unfortunately, Static did not have any crossovers with Shaq in the comics. Shaq probably does make some comic book appearances here and there, but nothing that was as influential as this Static episode. And we had our two stories here that were basically written for TV in a way. You know, I think the dynamic, I will address that the dynamic between Sharon, Noah, and Virgil is static is a relatively newish concept i think this is something that gets more adopted into the uh, milestone return static season one set of issues because at that point his entire family knows that he's static when he has to save save them from um hotshot in like the very first issue so uh yeah no comic book stuff here but there is just a lot of great fun things just from these episodes alone that really help to add to the static storyline that really shows that he's trying to be better he's trying to do better and he succeeded in a lot of places but there's still a lot of work before he makes it back up to those big leagues where he can do that team up again with batman once more in the future which i'm very excited for because it opens the door to just like will static you know get that invitation to young justice or mm-hmm. the Teen Titans or the Justice League as a whole like these are things that we're going to be seeing in the near future hopefully
0: uh, and I, and I and I also want to since we don't have extensive comics I did want to treat treat you all with a a movie fact you know mm-hmm. di- diving into my, uh, my movie knowledge a little bit an interview was recently done with uh, Shaq about if he would <laughs> reprise the role of Steel oh gosh <laughs> And he said, I quote, Well, if you look at the Steel character, it's me. It's all me. John Henry Irons is me. You know, when we did the movie, I would have liked to have those Iron Man effects, but now nah, we did the movie in the early 90s, and technology wasn't as it is now. I would love to be able to do a redo of that. I think it would be much better appreciated. Because you know, a comic book guy, I can tell when Superman died, he came back as seven different people. I got Gen- John Henry Irons. If you look at all the comics, that was me, um, end quote, end quote.
1: <laughs> First off, I want to comment on the fact that Superman did not come back as seven different people.
0: Four, four tops. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> so all that to say, Shaq will reprise his role of steel if we let him. So please support Superman and Lewis on the CW and find support that steal. Yes. <laughs> That's who you need to support. Go, go, write your congressman about this so that <laughs> Shaq yes, does not please. get Neil Steele again.
1: Yes, please. Wale Parks deserves his time to shine right now. He knocked out the part in season one. Season two, I'm pretty sure he's going to do it again with that giant ass hammer. So just y'all know what to do.
0: <laughs> and didn't Terry Crews play John Henry Irons once? Is does that something that happened? You know
1: what i feel like maybe he did but i feel like it wasn't canon to anything like maybe it was a no yeah, oh, he, yes yes he did he did play john henry not john henry Irons. he played the the um the black folklore character john henry himself in a movie where Ludacris was sported in iron jaw
0: yes iron jaw Ludacris. terry Crews with a ha- sledgehammer already i know a lot of you are like this sounds better. Than the original Steel movie, you are correct, and I support you <laughs> watching it again. I'm just gonna say it's better than the Steel movie. I'm not gonna say it's a great movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it seems as the the John Henry movie is available currently on Netflix. So hope that Andrew Morgan at the Nom Podcast. I know this is not a Netflix original movie, but if you ever want to discuss this,
0: we are here. <laughs> we are here for you. We we want to dive and want to break the sledgehammer on John the John Henry mythos wide open. But yes, that is that is our movie knowledge section. That's it. That's all you get.
1: Well then, until then, y'all take care of yourselves and um, watch out for for old people. I guess you know they they might lead you down the the path, especially if their name is ragtag.
0: Yes, and if you are walking by a construction site and it looks like they're they're loading too much past the limits too many i beams call your local osha unit get it shut down <laughs> because <laughs> construction is half the battle